welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Stop battling with storage bags filled with either too much or too little milk. The Milky's milk trays freeze your milk into one ounce sticks. And today's episode is also brought to you by Nikki's Natural Wipes, the first all-natural baby wipes made with Manuka honey and coconut oil. And we'll hear more from our sponsors later, but these sponsors make this podcast possible. So head to badass bre- badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and you can check out our sponsor page um, if you need anything and see if you can give them any of your business. And while you're there, be sure to scroll down and enter your email address and you'll get episodes sent straight to your inbox every Monday. Um, And now Diane has our review of the week. And this one comes from iTunes. And this was, um, she sent this to us back in May. So I am um, really happy to read it. Said the title of this is Breastfeeding Miracle. I started listening to your podcast when I was one month postpartum and my baby literally couldn't latch. It was like watching someone stab themselves with a spoon. She just saw a nipple and had no idea what to do with it. We saw five LCs, had a tongue tie corrected, saw a pediatric chiropractor and read the entire internet in the hopes that I could figure out how to solve my baby's problem. I hated your podcast at first because I felt awful. I couldn't breastfeed, but I kept listening for some reason. I was exclusive pumping and was about to throw in the towel and just go to formula. But on one episode, Episode, one of you said your baby was born to breastfeed and something to the effect of your baby wants nothing more than to breastfeed. And that really clicked for me. I had thought my baby was rejecting me, but you helped me to realize that the opposite of that was what was happening. I kept offering her the breast until she was three months. And one day she was able to do it literally overnight. I stopped being chained to a pump and my baby and I entered into a totally blissful, easy breastfeeding relationship. So I'm so glad I continued to listen to your wisdom on this topic. And I thank you for giving me the right perspective to keep going when it was tough. Breastfeeding has been the best human experience of my life thus far. And I get emotional thinking what we would have missed out on if I had given up. Thanks for providing such solid grounding discussions. Wow. I know. So inspiring. And reading the whole internet, like I can so relate to that. Yeah. And I'm so glad she doesn't can. hate us anymore. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, that she makes hated me. Us I was like, oh minute. my God, someone hates me. I know a lot of people hate me, but you know, whatever. Um, that's really amazing. Yeah. Thanks for not giving up. I mean, yeah, and this was I from mean, Fresh Sarah. Her, she, her name on here is Fresh Sarah. So thank you so much for not giving up and for keeping it going. And congratulations. Is, you did yeah. so much work. And this is the reason why I tell people, like, if your baby doesn't latch in the beginning, don't give up. Don't give up. She was three months in. And I've seen personally have seen that happen with clients of mine. One month, two months, three months in, and the baby finally latches. It can happen. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so true, too, that, like, you know, we just think, sometimes we think and we're told, like, well, your baby is just not, you know, it's just not for your baby, or your baby just doesn't want to just, you know, but all babies want to, and the baby's just as frustrated as you are. Yeah, and... You know, like, it doesn't feel good to anybody. And you do feel like it's a personal attack on you. yeah, totally. I did, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, you really feel like, oh my gosh, they don't want me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's just, it's really, really hard for, like you said, for everybody. So she did an amazing job. So thank you for continuing to listen and for 
just not giving up. It's fantastic. It's amazing. So that's it. That's my story. That's Fresh Sarah's story. And if you want to send us your... I want to say your updates, but your, you know, your experience, your suggestions, anything, we would love to hear it. You can put it on iTunes for us. That really helps the podcast a lot. Or you can send us an email at badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And we would like to acknowledge that it is World Breastfeeding Week. Woo-woo! And the start of Breastfeeding Awareness Month. Breastfeeding Awareness Month is the whole month, and then World Breastfeeding Week is the first week, and then the second week is Native Breastfeeding Week, and then the third week is I'm not sure, and then the last week is Black Breastfeeding Week, and it's just chock full of all kinds of things, and actually, kind of business as usual around here. Yeah, absolutely. So, to your surprise, we're talking about breastfeeding today. At the first week of World Breastfeeding Month. Yes. We're going to celebrate World Breastfeeding Month by talking about breastfeeding for something new. Yeah. Don't fall off your chair. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So you can, um, you know, so like we, you know, it's business as usual around here. I'll be posting on the Badass Breastfeeder on social media, on Instagram and Facebook you know, celebrating each week and, you know, posting kind of, you know, things that are going on. Um, if you want to follow along, feel free to do so. Absolutely. And if you haven't, if you're new to us, check out our episodes from last year, because we did have, um, Mm -hmm. like we had an episode with, um, somebody specifically for native breastfeeding week, which was really, really interesting and enlightening. And we had special things for black breastfeeding week and even just for world breastfeeding month. I remember we did breastfeeding around the world. Yeah. So um, check those out too. They're pretty cool. Yeah. I'll share those. I can link those episodes throughout the month too on, on uh, social media. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, so today we're going to talk about uh, milk supply and things that you can do to hurt your milk supply. It's not and, as easy as you think. No, it's very difficult. And it's all, and it's, I would bet that it's probably the things that um, are generally not what you think. Right. You know, we're told a lot of things hurt our milk supply when they actually don't. And then we're told that things don't hurt our max milk supply when they actually do. Yeah. Or can, if you follow that, you know, honestly, what probably your doctor's advice. Yeah, absolutely. Or internet. Or, or the internet. You know, yeah. yeah, right. So do you want to start? So sure. Um, so we both made like little lists and we we're just going to share it. And well, I don't actually, what if we talk about milk? Should we talk about milk supply? Yeah. And like, what is milk supply? Because sometimes I think that can straighten things out too. Like, like even just the fact that, you know, supply and demand, you know, um, taking milk out of your breast helps your body make more milk. Like these are things that we just don't know. Yeah. I didn't know that. I know. And I didn't know that. And when I had my kids, you know, I I thought for sure, like when I was breastfeeding for the first time with my son, like I I thought it would just go away. Like, how do I keep it? You know, like I was breastfeeding all the time, but I was like, but what could happen? I was felt like I was constantly in this phase of like, Oh my God, is it just going to go away? Am I just not going to have any milk tomorrow? I didn't realize that the more you breastfeed, the more your body is telling your baby that they need the milk and the more your body is just going to make the milk in response to that. 
Mm-hmm. It's a pretty cool system, really. It's effortless, really. Yeah, it really just works on its own. Mm-hmm. And it's like we go through all these health classes, right, in, in school, <laughs> and we talk about all this, and we learn about like our cycle, and we learn about, you know, reproduction and things like that. But you, beyond that, you never hear anything about birth. You don't hear anything about like breastfeeding. It, it just like stops. And all but, this information, this is still information about your body that we're never given. Like, you know what's going to get you pregnant because like you just grow up knowing that. That's like information like, you know, oh my God, if you have sex, use a condom or have birth control because you could get pregnant. But you know, how often do we hear this as kids or as like, you know, don't have sex. Ah. You know, <laughs> you might get pregnant. Like these are things that we like know about. But then like beyond that, we don't. And then like, you know, so then, so, okay, so now we're pregnant. We knew how to do that, but we don't know how to do anything else. No. Because the information is not given at all. It's like a secret. I remember years ago when I was working, I think it was when I was still with the WIC department here and I was, you know, breastfeeding peer counselor coordinator and I was doing a breastfeeding class and they were younger girls in the breastfeeding class. I mean, it was mixed class, but there was a couple of younger girls and they didn't know that even if you choose to not breastfeed, your milk still comes in. They just thought it was an option. Yeah. That if they yeah, breastfed. Yeah, how would you know? Right. If you don't exa- even know that's exactly, how yeah, it's it, going to start, how do you even know? Like, it's like that should be in curriculum. Like if they're going right. to teach how to ha- how babies are made in school, which does happen a lot now, you know, they talk about you know, whatever, sex education in school, Mm -hmm, but they stop at that. It's like, this is a natural physiological change that your body goes through when you have a baby. If you decide to breastfeed or not, your milk is coming in. Right. It's going to happen. It's what your body knows how to do. Just because you decide to not breastfeed doesn't mean your milk does not come in. Yeah. And actually, if you decide not to breastfeed, you have something you have to deal with. Exactly. Yeah. You got to deal with the fact that it's there and how, and you have to, you know, get rid of that milk supply, which yes. is hard. People so, that are breastfeeding and have a milk supply think that their supply is going to go e- e- go away easily. But then people who choose to bottle feed off the bat realize that it's not that easy to get rid of your milk. No. So, I mean, it's, it's really like nobody teaches you about this stuff. You just kind of like, okay, my milk's here. What, what now? How do I keep it here? What happens to it? Is mm-hmm. it gone? You know how many times I get calls from people, but my milk supply is gone. It's just gone. Uh- I, I get a message daily. Yeah. Um, messages daily. My milk supply dropped. Or, you know, I went to the dentist and my milk supply is gone. I, I, it was gone for a couple of days and now my milk supply is gone. And I'm breastfeeding and I'm pumping and I'm doing everything to bring it back, but it won't come back. It's not gone. It's so frustrating. Yeah. It's so frustrating to be that person who feels like there's no milk in there. Yeah. But it just so doesn't anyway, go away that quick. No, it doesn't. And so when you're pregnant, it actually all starts in pregnancy. Correct? Correct. Tell us more. Yes. And that's <laughs> when, like, you know, when you get a increased growth, breast growth, and that's your body preparing to breastfeed. You know, your body is preparing to breastfeed. Your body starts to make colostrum. While you're pregnant. While you're pregnant. Some people can express it while they're pregnant. Yeah, I never could, but I never really thought about I it. Don't but some people, tried. I yeah, never I even never tried. tried. I was just like, what? There's nothing to do right here, right now. I know, but some people will leak. Uh-huh. No, I mean, if you leak, that's great. If you don't leak, if you're listening, if you're pregnant, you're listening and you're not leaking, it has nothing to do with what your milk supply is going to be like. Don't worry about that. Right. But some people do leak in pregnancy. 
Right. And it's all good. It's all your body preparing to breastfeed your baby. And then your baby is born and they survive off the colostrum. That's all they need. We used to say, we used to have this little saying when we were learning, um, you know, when I was first starting to learn about breastfeeding and stuff. And it was like, if your baby needed a full milk supply on day one, it would be there. Like, that's just yeah, right. how right. it would be. But your baby doesn't need a full milk supply on day one. You also won't feel, you wouldn't feel, if your baby came out hungry, you wouldn't feel like you'd just been hit by a truck. Because your baby's been sucking nutrients from, you know, your baby's like been eating the whole entire time. Yeah. They're, they're they good. They don't come out hungry. They're like, no. oh my God, I'm so starving. What a trip. I know. Such a long, <laughs> such a long journey. They're full of amniotic fluids still. Yeah. Like it's just a whole thing. So all they need is a colostrum, which is very, very, very important for them to have. And as your baby is feeding on the colostrum, it's signaling your body to make the milk. Now, the other thing that triggers your body to make milk is the hormonal response. So as soon as the, I was going to say the uterus, which would have been just, I don't even know why I was going to say that. But as soon as the placenta leaves your body, not your uterus, your uterus stays there. <laughs> it shouldn't fall out, even though it feels like it's going to fall I, out. It does feel like it's going to fall out. But as soon as the placenta leaves your body, your hormones drastically go through a change and that is what starts to signal your body to make the milk. So it's pretty cool the way the whole process happens. And then usually two or three days after your baby's born and they've been feeding on colostrum, you've been putting them to the breast, you know, it's on demand whenever they want it. That is triggering your body to get that milk to come in faster. Your body listens to your baby. Your baby tells your body what it needs. And then in comes your milk, usually by like day three, day four, somewhere in there. That's when your milk supply is coming in. And magically, that's when your baby can actually start to hold a little bit more volume too, is by day three. Because their stomach is so small Mm -hmm. in the first two days of life. And they really can't start to hold much volume until about day three. So it really, it's perfect. It's a perfect system. It's still not much, no, and not at all. Like half an ounce, we're talking. We're not talking one of those two ounce bottles of formula. Right. We're talking about a half an ounce. It is just a perfect system, you know? And then in that first, you know, the first days home with your baby, just feeding on demand, feeding on demand, that is how your body learns what your baby needs. Because your body just doesn't know in the beginning. It's just like floods you with milk and doesn't know like, all right, how many babies are we feeding here? Are we feeding one baby or are we feeding two babies? Mm-hmm. Your body learns what it needs to do based on your baby feeding. That is the key. And milk out means milk coming back in. You know, and I always like to try to explain it like a like a glass of water. Like you're not going to refill a glass of water if it's already full. Mm-hmm. So if you're skipping feeds and your breasts are staying full, that's going to tell your body, oh, we don't need milk right now. Right. So one of the ways you can hurt your milk supply is by feeding on a schedule. Yes. Right? Yes. So not not allowing your body, not allowing your baby to decide when they should be emptying the breast and allowing your baby to have that communication with your body 
about what they need, when they need it, how much they need. You are told to go home and feed on a schedule, feed every two or three hours, whatever. And then your breasts are full and not being emptied kind of on demand, which can hurt the supply. Yeah, because it's telling your body to slow down supply. And along with that, it kind of goes, I feel like it goes hand in hand with feeding on a schedule is timed feeds. So if you are like, if somebody mm-hmm. tells you, oh, only feed 15 minutes, baby doesn't need to feed longer than, oh, yeah. than 15 minutes on a breast. Maybe they're not done yet. And if you're timing your baby and you're saying, oh, time's up and move them, you're not letting them really give your breast that signal. Okay, I'm taking all the milk out of here. I need more to fill in. And if you're leaving the breast full, then the, your body is going to think it doesn't need to make milk anymore. Yep. So I would say just leave them there until they're done. It could be 15 minutes. It could be 20. But sometimes I'll hear people say, oh, your baby never needs to eat longer than 10 minutes. Well, <laughs> that's like saying everybody takes the same amount of time to eat. Right. That's like ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why we lump these babies in a... You just get they just get thrown in a pool of everybody's the same. Yeah. I just don't yeah. get that. And they're they're as different as adults are. They all take different times to feed. They all feed at different frequencies. They all they're all different. That's why if you just breastfeed on demand, breastfeed, let your baby decide and let your body and your baby communicate with each other the way it's supposed to be. Your baby can't do anything. Like they're just born. They can't do anything, but they can do this. Yeah. And they're the best at it. They're better than you. At, de- at determining what milk supply is going to be. Yeah, they know what they need. And let's talk more about that after a break um, and hear from our sponsors. That was quick. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Nikki's Natural Wipes. Nikki's was created out of the passion of two new parents wanting to protect the health of their precious new baby, Nikki. Conventional baby wipes contain harsh chemicals that can lead to redness, itchiness, dry skin, a burning sensation, and even blisters and urinary tract infections. Utilizing the miraculous antibacterial qualities of Manuka honey, combined with the proven ability of coconut oil to moisturize dry skin, Nikki's has set a new global standard for premium baby wipes. The smell and feel of the wipes is unique, 100% natural, ethically sourced, EWG certified, and biodegradable. Check out the first all-natural baby wipes made with Manuka honey and coconut oil on Nikki's.com, N-I-K-I-S.com, and use code pro- use promo code BADASS10 for 10% off of your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Are you tired of defrosting breast milk from your storage bags only to find that it's too much or too little? What if you could defrost the exact amount of milk you need every time? The Milky's milk trays look like regular ice cube trays, but have 16 semi-cylinder cavities that each hold one ounce of milk. When it's time to feed your baby or prepare bottles for the day, just pop however many breast milk sticks you need into any type of brand of bottle. Nothing is wasted. No extra breast milk left over tempting your caregiver to overfeed your baby and blow through your precious stash. Once the sticks are frozen, just transfer them into a freezer bag, freeing up the milk trays for your next batch of breast milk. And they come with lids so that they can be stacked, which will free up space in your freezer. They are reusable, environmentally friendly, made with food-grade safe plastic, and can be used for baby food later on. No BPA, phthalates, or dyes. 
Check out the Milky's Milk Trays at fairhavenhealth.com. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com and use code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. And all of our sponsors and the promo codes um, can be found in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Um, our show notes will also include further information about things we talked about in this episode and at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. You can also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. And now back to how to hurt your milk supply, which everybody wants to avoid. So we're telling you (laughs) exactly what you can do to hurt it so you can avoid doing that. (laughs) So I have also skipping feeds, which is pretty much kind of what we were just talking about. Like that will definitely hurt your milk supply. And I don't mean like, okay, you went... To the dentist, like you said, you know, you had some, oh, what if I went to the dentist and my milk supply is gone? Right. Like, you go to the dentist, you miss a feed. Like, if it happens once, it's not going to hurt your milk supply. If it's consistent, then it's going to hurt your milk supply. Right, right. Again, because your milk supply is pretty sturdy, right? So it's hard yeah. to hurt your milk supply. So these are not things that you can do just like once in a while and hurt your milk supply. But if you're consistently practicing this... You know, if that's just what you do day in and day out, skip feeds, space feeds, um, time feeds, schedules, schedules. Yeah. Your, your milk supply will not respond to that. Right. And I see that one of the, one of the examples of that is when parents go back to work mm-hmm. and that's really hard. That's really, 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 really hard because you're trying to balance working with pumping and that can be a really difficult thing to do. And, you know, you've just been on maternity leave. You don't want to say, hey, I need all this time free so I can pump. So I do find that sometimes parents are trying to decrease the amount of times they have to go pump. And, oh, can I get away with only pumping once or twice at work or it'll really hurt my milk supply? And yeah, over time, it will. It It will. There's, yeah. I mean, it's it's unfortunate and it sucks that in the United States, we have a horrible maternity leave that you have to go back to work while you're still dealing with this, but it will impact your milk supply if you only pump once in a work day. Well, and it's it's one of the reasons why people don't reach their breastfeeding goals. Yes, it is. It's because it messes everything up. And like you have to be like you do have to be pumping pretty consistently throughout the day. Like every time your baby would normally be breastfeeding, you need to be pumping throughout the day in order to maintain that supply. And that was really hard for people that most people, most jobs, that's really difficult to do. And then you Mm -hmm. get into jobs like EMTs or, you know, nurses or who are just like teachers moving. Yeah, right. Where like you can't just be, you know, you don't. I when I was at work and I was going to return to work, I had an office. And I worked in my office. And so I was pretty much able to pump whenever I needed to. or was going to be able to pump whenever I needed to if I decided to go back. And that was the plan and that was fine. And that probably would have worked out okay. Of course, then again, you have to learn how to pump. <sighs> because that's not like an automatically known skill. Right. Um, and then so you have, to ha- you have to get that right. And then you have to, you know... <sighs> It's no wonder that people are just like, I, this isn't working. Yeah. It's really, it's it's not the way that your body and your baby are set up to function. Yeah. 
And I wish there was a magical way that I could tell people, yeah, don't worry about it. Only pump once or twice during the workday. Your milk supply will be fine. But I can't. It's just not going to survive that. It's just going to learn. Like, it's just going to think, okay, I don't need, I don't, we don't need milk right now. Right. Baby's not feeding at this time. We don't need milk right now. So it's, that's definitely one of the things, you know, like you said, it's, it's, that's a struggle for sometimes people don't make their goals because of work conflicts. Yep. Um, so, so far we all are, we have all the same ones because that was my, my next one. Oh, was it? What else you uh, yeah. got? Uh, so one of the things I think too is like waiting to fix problems. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So like if your baby is struggling, if you're having problems early on, like with latch because of whatever, sometimes there's like lip ties, tongue ties, other kinds of issues, just not getting, not learning to how, you know, to get like a good latch. Or mm-hmm. other kinds of problems, you know, that can lead to baby not transferring enough milk and, you know, you run into all those issues and you don't get those fixed early on. That can, because again, that affects the amount of milk that your baby's pulling out of your body. Yes. Which will then leave the milk in there and signal to your body that it doesn't need any more. Yes, that's a very good one. Yeah. So, you know, like we always say, get that lactation consultant while you're pregnant. And if you didn't, that's okay because they're still out there. And but when you start to run into problems, you don't have to wait until you have a full blown problem. You know, you can even call a lactation consultant or if you don't have a problem and just say, hey, you know, I don't I don't know what's going. I seems everything seems OK. I don't know. Um, can you tell me like if everything's OK? And yeah, we I, even have an episode of how do you know if breastfeeding is going well? Yeah. And I have people that call me about that all the time. They'll be like, I feel like it's going OK, but I just want to make sure I just want to double check. I just want, you know, I just want to know that we're headed in the right direction. And that's that's a good. Yeah, that's a great way to make sure that like your baby's, you know, getting everything it needs out of your breast. And then I have people call me that are like two months in and they're like, I thought it would just fix itself. Right, right. And then now they're struggling. Yeah. And milk supply is My baby's never had a good latch. I don't know why. It's always been painful. It really hasn't gone, you know, and now, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like my milk supply is gone after two months of doing this. And it probably is not gone, but like, you know, struggling for sure. Struggling. Yeah. yeah so that's about a good milk supply, just a quick note. So I stopped breastfeeding when Exley was five. He just turned seven. So that was like around the time about two years ago was when everybody had to like officially weaned. And I told, I think I told the story a few months ago that I was like itching inside my shirt my nipple was itchy and I reached inside my shirt and started itching and it was wet. And I was like, what the hell? So I expressed and there were like drops of milk coming out. Well, I had the scratch on my arm and I was like, Oh, breast milk is so good for scratches. Let me see if I still have some in there. I do. Every, every few hours I've been putting breast milk on my scratch. I have not breastfed anybody for two years. And I'm not saying I have a full milk supply, but there's, it just doesn't dry up. Yeah, it just doesn't go away like that. And I have people that will say that too. Like it's been, it's been months since I've weaned. Is this normal that yeah, I still yeah. have people milk? People freak out about it. They, yeah. I, seriously, thank God I knew because I would have freaked out too. Yeah. But I was like, oh man, I've heard of this. Oh, it's happening to me. I wish I still had milk. That's what everybody says when I say that. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh man, I wish I could do that. And I know. It I is really easy to just be like, oh, here I have this little, I had this little cut on my shoulder and it's just like, I'm just treating it like that when i first started dating tom he was on 
um, he had just had knee surgery. So he was on crutches and he was complaining about the chafing under his arm for, from the crutches. And I was like, too bad I'm not still lactating. I could have fixed that for you. <laughs> he was like, do you think that fixes everything? And I'm like, yes, I it do. Does. It does. And now he's the producer of our podcast. So he knows that that fixes everything. But, no, yeah, right. But it was just like, it was really funny. Like, that's always my first go to is like, well, yeah, it's too bad. I could just squirt a little breast milk on that and you'll be fine. Right. All right, we're kind of off topic, but that's okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. So, but you know, let's see. What else do we have? Do you have any more? I do have a good one. Okay. Early night weaning. Oh my God, that was going to be my next one. Was it really? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Early night weaning. So, and I really want to make it clear that if your baby stretches out feeds on his or her own, on their own, and they're sleeping longer stretches during the night, you can go with that. If it's baby led, you can go with it. If you are attempting to stretch your baby out on purpose, which come on, everybody wants to try to do that because Mm -hmm. everybody wants to sleep, that will probably impact your milk supply. And that is because prolactin, which is the hormone that keeps your milk supply at a higher level, is at its peak during the night. So those overnight feeds is what tells your body, let's get more, let's get more. That is why you leak more at night. A lot of parents will go, oh my God, I wake up in a pool of milk. That is why. And that is why you feel more full in the morning because your milk supply is just kind of like ramped up during those nighttime feeds. If your baby is naturally on their own, stretching those those night times out, then that's okay. You can go with that. But if you are just like not getting up during the night to feed them and letting somebody else feed them during the night with bottles or whatever, then your milk supply is probably going to suffer. Just as. I hate yeah, to say and it. we're not and we're not talking about a toddler. No, where you are, you know, a toddler, an older kid you know that's not a baby yeah we're talking about an infant but like a lot of people when they get to the toddler toddler years are like starting to work on boundaries starting to actually it's so annoying i hate this conversation is so annoying because it's like for the whole first year we're like don't space out the feeds feed on demand feed through the night this is all wonderful stuff good stuff and then when it comes to toddlers i can't take it anymore it's like okay now it's now it's okay to do all those things we told you it was not okay to do (laughs) You know, it's okay to start stretching out the feeds. It's okay to start working with them on, you know, that, uh, you know, just boundaries in general. And you could see our boundaries episodes if you want to um, delve into that. Um, but by then, you know, then everything's, you're, you're free to do that. But early on, that stuff can really impact your milk supply. Um, and... Also, I feel like we need to acknowledge how hard that is. It is. To be breastfeeding through the night, especially if you are having to get up to go to work. And if you have other kids or if, you know, just in general, not sleeping is hard on everybody. Um, And so, um, you know, what you can do to try to, first of all, it's temporary and you will get through it. And second of all, there are, you know, work on setting up that safe bed sharing space. You know, so that you can be laying down and sleeping while your baby, if your baby is one of these babies that nurses all night, like mine always were, you know, try to create that safe bed sharing place space in your in your bed. 
you know, get um, work on getting into a good, comfortable position at night. Because sometimes just laying on your side all night just starts to feel like you're just a pile of bones and you start to get <laughs> kind of sore and achy. I remember that. Yeah. Um, jamming a pillow behind your back so you've got a little something to lean on helped. Putting a pillow in between your knees can help. Switching sides. I, I actually was doing a video the other day on Facebook about sideline nursing and um a lot of people said that they never even thought about that oh wow about how you can switch sides um which really helps with that feeling of just like you've been laying in the same position mm-hmm. it really helps to it really feels a lot better on your body if you can roll over um and you can even do that without losing the latch of your baby although you probably want to switch breasts um But, uh, yeah, so working on trying to get comfortable throughout the night can help through that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and it kind of goes along with, it's a, it can be a tricky thing because if your baby, if you're like newborn and you're like, oh my God, I just need, I need to get a stretch of sleep to function. Cause a lot of us feel like that. You know, I just need one stretch of sleep to function. If it's like once or twice, that you have somebody else feed the baby for you so that you can have a little bit longer stretch of sleep. That's not the end of the world. But if it's something that you're doing consistently, then again, it's going to impact your supply. Yeah. Like we're talking about all these things are like regular practice, regularly scheduled programming in your house. Yeah. If you're exactly. regularly scheduled programming in your house is, you know, somebody else feeding a very wakeful baby at night from a bottle, then that's what we're talking about. We're not, yeah, yeah, we're not talking about like, oh my God, you had a hard day. You really just need some help tonight. Yeah, that's not, because that, yeah. your milk supply is strong. It's very sturdy and resilient. So it will take, you know, some consistency with this too to hurt yeah. it. So that's what, do you have any others? No, that was all for me. Yeah, that's it for me too. Oh my God. That is so funny that they were basically all the same. They were all I the know. same. That's, that's so, so crazy. Funny. Well, if, if anybody thinks of anything else, let us know. Yeah, or if you want to know if something that you're doing, you know, could hurt your milk supply, just ask us. Um, I was going to say, oh, you know, because you hear a lot of things like before we came on, we were talking about like peppermint. You hear about like, oh, peppermint's going to hurt my milk supply or exercising is going to hurt my milk supply or, you know, coffee or like what or what else? I don't know. There's all these things like, oh, this can hurt your milk supply. No, these are not the things that are hurting your milk supply. These are not, first of all, probably your milk supply is probably not hurt. It's probably just (laughs) fine. And, you know, there's all kinds of terrible information about there that actually just makes it really hard for people to reach their goals or to even think that breastfeeding is an option for them. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do all of these things anymore. And so people are like, well, forget it. That's too hard. But actually, though, that those things are just not true. Many of those things are not true at all. Yeah. Breastfeeding is way more resilient than anybody gives it credit for. Yeah. That's just kind of the bottom line. It's my story and I'm sticking to it. Yes. (laughs) What it is. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.